my grandparents were thrown in jail in, in a country in Uganda. I, I was born in Kenya. They were thrown in jail because there were brown men and brown men and brown women, right? And you think you have it so bad. Let's get serious here for a second. <laughs> That's cool, man. So it's been a long time. How long has it been since we last saw each other like this? I had a lot of hair the last <laughs> you time you did. saw me. <laughs> you did. And I didn't have as much, but this beard is getting kind of out of control. Um, it's even longer, but it, uh, you know, I, I've been saying quarantine hair don't care. So <laughs> I love Gosh, it. Uh, we're still able to keep tabs on each other per se and, and, and both. At least I definitely still receive value from you and your content that you put out. And hopefully the little bit that I put out in comparison to you um, still adds a little value to, to your your um, daily ongoing. If it didn't bring any value, we wouldn't be having this conversation right now. You know what I mean? Well, coming, coming from a guy like you, that means a lot to me. So I appreciate that, sir. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, a lot of people are like, so uh, what kind of guests do you normally have on your podcast? And I said, uh, people that are from the dirt. You know, people that uh, hustle and grind every single day, they're expecting these big names like, you know, that you see out like celebrities and stuff like that. And that's not my niche. You know, my niche yeah. has always been uh, talking to sales uh, leaders in the industry of straight commission where if, if you don't sell something, if you don't make something for yourself, then you don't, you don't really get to feed your family. So my niche has literally become over the last 25 years, uh, dealing with salespeople and dealing with sales leaders in the industry of straight commission where that person has to go home and feed their family. Uh, otherwise they'll be eating tuna in the dark, you know what I mean? And I don't think yeah. people really understand what, what that is. is to really be from the dirt. And if you don't go knock on a door or if you don't pick up a phone or if you don't leave a business card, if you don't network, you know, you don't really, if you don't generate those leads, you don't get to eat, right? And that's kind of why yeah. uh, you're here on today. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking the time. I know you have a lot going on and stuff like that. So this format's really, really simple. Um, I've been a lot, I've been a guest on a lot of podcasts and I try to steal from them to bring it to mine. And just so you know, I'm recording this through Zoom. Um, it's a, you know, it's a free software. I don't actually pay for it. I record it and I just, without even editing it, I throw it on my YouTube channel. I rip the audio and I put it out on a podcast. And this, these are the kind of things I'm encouraging people to just tell their story, right? Just have a conversation because you never know who's listening and they could bring value to somebody else as well. So uh, my format's really simple. Uh, I've composed like three or four questions. Yeah. So my first uh, question for you this morning Tell us is, a little bit about you as a child, a kid, where'd you grow up, your parents? What are you all about? Yeah, so I was raised by a single mom on the east side of Columbus, uh, Ohio, which is right smack dab in the middle of the state and the capital. Um, of course, I uh, was single mom, so I was. she did everything she could to make sure that I had positive male role models. Um, we found that through the Boy Scouts. Um, I joined when I was probably eight or nine as a Cub Scout, followed that all that progression all the way through. I mean, I think that really helped me to learn to become more of an independent person and a, and a leader. You know, the reason I started asking that question is because people put out a lot of fluff and uh, you know, titles and things like that. And it's like, I don't really know the history, right? 
Yeah. And this kind of stems back to, you know, parenting, uh, parenting ideas that nobody's really talking about. In the last about. year, I've really been exploring that topic of effective parenting in more detail, which is why yeah. I was very curious to hear the story about your mom, a single mom. And I'm also noticing that a lot of my point of views on the topic are ideas that I just don't see other people talking about. And the truth is, Daniel, a lot of people are parenting their kids from a place of insecurity and treating their kids like products instead of actually doing what's best for them. You know, yeah. so um, I'm not going to get into it like, you know, super deep like Dr. Phil or anything like that. But there are some things that I like to talk about with parenting so we can clarify that. I, and first of all, I don't want to tell other people how to raise their children. I don't have the context, you know, around that person. I don't know that your mom was single and she had a hard life and you know she had to bring you up and make sacrifices and things like that, which is why I like hearing those stories first. But raising kids is super personal and I don't want to give just blanket advice. I'm just, we're just sharing opinions and perspectives as someone you know who was raised by two incredible parents, but a lot of people don't have that blessing either. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. What were some of the things that your mom uh, did for you or said to you that made you do those kind of things? Is Was that a mom push? Uh, you know, where was dad at the time? Was he out of the picture? Like, what, what caused you to do all of those things at such a young age? Like a comment that you made about, you know, finish what you start because, you know, that's one of the things that my dad always taught me is, you know, hey son, life is pretty simple. If you, you know, there are four habits of highly effective referability and referability that I'm talking about is if you want me to refer you to someone else, these are the four things that people look for. And number one is to show up on time. Number two is to finish what you start. Number two is, uh, number three is to do what you say you're gonna do. And number four is so simple and that is saying please and thank but you. But honestly, your kid's life is your kid's life. They're the ones that are ultimately in charge. And look, there's a lot of other important people that surround them. But ultimately, I think we have to give them a choice that it's their life. And it's why I'm pushing kids so hard to do what they want to do, even if it goes against what their parents want. You know, my, my mom and dad wanted me to be a doctor and my... Uh, you know, grandparents wanted me to be a pilot and all of these other things. And all I wanted to do was go sell something uh, and, and make a commission, you know? So my intent is not to get kids to be disrespectful to their parents, but but it's, it's, the, it's actually the exact opposite. I want kids and parents to have incredible long-term relationships. And if a kid is living their life to win on his or her parents' term instead of their own, they're just going to have resentment later in life once they realize they're not actually happy, right? And that's yeah. going to destroy happiness for both kids and their parents. So I really appreciate you digging uh, a little bit deeper and, and talking about that. That's awesome. Hey, I apologize for the interruption. If you're getting value out of this, do me a favor. Smash the like button down below. My question is, I'm curious to hear about your story about how you became successful in the role that you're in right now. My my strategy has always been to take from some and, and then redistribute that to my network of people, whether those are internal customers or external customers, um, and always try to be that consistent source of information for people. 
and then kind of like you had said every every so often i i, I get to have an ask hold on one second to, yeah. hold on one second you said something very interesting sometimes you have to work late and you you didn't get to finish that i have a feeling that there's someone behind that i have a feeling that there's someone in your life that actually allows you to do that and supports you i think that's important for people to understand that even though we leave at 8 o'clock in the morning sometimes as sales people and we come home at 9 10 o'clock at night and then you feel bad that you know oh i got home late there is someone in that household that says babe it's okay you're putting in the work right now you know um it's okay for you to put and and it's almost like she sees the reward a little bit later i'm i'm just assuming that's going to be your wife in this particular mm-hmm. case because it is in, in mind tell me mm-hmm. a little bit about that does she support you like that yeah there's a lot of understanding that has to take place here and a lot of conversations that um get sticky or awkward you know but but that's the best way to kind of navigate through that um is to have that strong communication When someone is seeing the hard work that you're putting in and then reaps the rewards a little bit later when you're on that 5-day Florida vacation or you're at Universal mm-hmm. or Disney or places that kids have never gone before and they're like oh dad mom thank you so much for taking me here that's the reward that they see that the family sees right so yep. Yep. um and 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 you know hard work is the only thing that we can control and and I always tell people I tell my kids as well look I'm not the smartest, I'm not the fastest, I'm not the most well-rounded, but you have the same hours in the day as anybody else. And if you really want it that bad, then you'll put in the hours to get there, and if for whatever reason you don't get what you initially set out to get, I promise you, you're still going to be better off for it. You'll either stumble on something new that you didn't initially think of or you're going to realize that you you know what you originally wanted wasn't actually what was going to make you happy but there's only one way to find out and that is to put in the work. Yep. The yeah, and like you said, that's the only thing you can control. Um I've recently gotten into the the philosophy um studies of, of stoicism and uh, Ryan Holiday is an author that's out there written a couple of books about it and and he brings up a lot of the, you know, Seneca and Marcus Aurelius and and that's one of the biggest things for those those philosophers way back when was focusing on what you can control. Right. Um, and and the hard work and the and the getting up at 5 a.m. and the, you know working until 9:00 or answering that phone call on Saturday. Um I had customers texting me yesterday which was uh, Memorial Day here in the United States and and it's I wasn't doing anything at the time so why not fire off a, a text message back again if they're working I'm working. Um it, it's the controlling focusing on controlling what you can control like you said absolutely. Yeah, and I and I talk about hard work quite a bit. Um you know and I think people demonize hard work. And I've made a lot of videos lately and I've made I've put out a lot of articles and the first thing that came out of my mouth quite honestly was hey i want to make sure that i create a little bit of clarity context so no tone is lost in my personal opinion uh, about hard work and success and, and and what i what i say there is ultimately how much you should work is a conversation of one it's a mm-hmm. conversation you need to have with yourself like i have no interest in imposing my will on anybody because i love working but but I also don't want to push people to work super hard because they might have different goals and and working hard might not make them happy or fulfilled but man at the end of the day 
my vlogs, my content. It's about sharing my journey and my perspectives, you know, as an entrepreneur, as a master trainer, as someone who loves working. I'm just sharing what makes me happy and and what works for me, right? And at the end、yeah. of that day, that's what I want for other people. I want them to be happy. So, I, I think that message is misunderstood because it's 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 going to people that complain. Right? If you're complaining about working a job you hate, and I think it makes a lot of sense to give up a little bit of short-term leisure to try to solve your problems by building a side hustle that you're passionate about, instead of escaping them through Netflix or something else. Right? And and that being said, I've also noticed a lot of people pushing back against hard work, especially right now in the recent months.、Uh, and there's this concept that you can accomplish enormous things by working smart without working hard. Right? There's a few、yeah. things that I have uh, uh, said about that with this mindset, but one of the biggest things is when you're doing what you love, work doesn't really feel like work. Yep.、Yeah. Does the work you do make you happy? Do you love what you do? You know what I love really is the, are the relationships.、But、what's、people. the biggest challenge in your business,、uh, in your career, in your life, and、uh, how does that lead to some of the sales concepts that、uh, you like to talk about or your passion? Setting myself、about? apart.、Um, a lot of times, customers, no matter what widget you're selling, will try to commoditize your product. Um, and then use that, of course, in the in the objections and negotiation process to less to, to drop your price or to talk you into dropping your price. Yeah. And the, the biggest thing for me is that is being authentic from the beginning. You know, earlier you talked about the type of content that I put out.、Um, there's a couple stories that I tell. I went to a conference in Fort Wayne, Indiana.、Um, I don't know a year or two back, and、um, I'm walking the halls of this corporate office that we're、uh, meeting at, and a guy stopped me and he says, "You look familiar." And I had no idea who this guy was, and、uh, we started talking. And I was wearing my company's、uh, polo shirt that had my our logo on it. And he said, "Oh, you're with Straight and Lamp. Oh, I know who you are. You're that guy from LinkedIn that posts all those videos." <laughs> and, and, and he sat there and he, he was snapping his fingers, and then he, he said, "Oh, that's right. You're Dan Street." And、uh, I said, "Yeah, you know, that was the first time I'd ever been recognized. I guess you could say it. it sounds silly to say it like that, but yeah."、Um, and and he, we sat there and talked for a while, and come to find out, this guy is a A C-suite executive、um, for a, a company I'd never even heard of, and、um, it was just interesting to have that conversation to see that it, it was kind of proof of the pudding, or proof in the pudding, I guess, that it's actually working.、Um, I'm almost 200 miles away from home, and I get recognized, and which really that didn't matter to me. It was more of the opportunity to be able to talk to somebody at a C level、um, that was a decision maker. Now they weren't in the market for what I'm offering, but it still shows that that my methodology works. Um, and then it works. Another... It works because you're telling your truth, and、yeah. you're letting people come to you. And、yeah. and I wish I wish more salespeople and leaders would understand that.、Um, I'm so passionate about it. I, I I apologize for interrupting there, but it's a more effective way to go about it, right? When someone doesn't、mm-hmm. want to change their mind or they say no, I don't try to convince them or I don't try to turn their no into a yes. Instead. What you're doing, and I see what you're doing. You're doubling down on your truth, right? You keep putting out that content. You keep talking about what you believe in, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or LinkedIn or YouTube or podcast or whatever that might be. But you know, you keep adding that value, whether it's a CMO or a C-suite exec. But I really believe that doing that on camera and and building that relationship. 
um, it's not always easy, but but I think that you have to kind of come to terms with the fact that you have to believe in what you believe in the most is the truth always wins. And telling your truth can put you in a position to be historically correct, which leads to more people trusting you over the long term. And it can also attract people to you who also believe what you believe and can lead to enormous sales success. Like, I love that so much because you're letting people come to you and you're not trying to convince them. Yeah, I think a lot of times struggling or even new sales reps will come from a place, and I, by that I mean with interactions with prospects or, or leads or customers, come from a place of desperation yeah. or, or concern. Um, I try, no matter how my month is going, whether it's a record, record setting month like last month or a month you know, where, where we could use some improvement, um, I try to come from a place of, I, I, I want your business, I don't need your business. Right. And, and the way I do that is that it's like you talked about with consistency is my social media content I put out kind of is like the foundation of the groundwork for the damn street experience almost. You know what I mean? Um, yep. So you know what you're getting. And, and in turn, when they see that on social media and then they see it oh, in person. I, oh my gosh, it just hit me like a two by four in my face, bro. That's amazing. <laughs> The Dan Street experience, that's it. <laughs> I love it. And, and that caught my eye because I'm doing the, the Zareer Merwanji audio experience and the Zareer Merwanji video experience. Yep. I like that. You need to brand that. Oh, that's so good, bro. I love it. Continue. <laughs> please, please, please continue. I was hoping you'd pick up on that. <laughs> but that, you know, that consistency allows me almost immediate trust because they've seen it through multiple posts over multiple months or weeks in social, then they, they, so they get a taste there, then they actually experience it in person and it's the same thing. And then if they talk to anybody, any referrals or networking partners yeah. or my contemporaries, they back that up as well. So immediately they know it's authentic, it's true, it's consistent. And that becomes, that all of that equation equals trustworthiness, which, you know, knocks out one of the, you know, the no like and trust to do it deal with somebody. So I, I can come into if my if my um, social media content and my referrals and networking are um, strong enough, when I meet you as Joe Prospect, you already already know what you're going to get or are prepared for it. And then when you see that, that already takes out one third of that no like trust um, equation. And, and the way I look at it is if I'm sitting in front of you, then you already like me enough to, to take that meeting because we're all busy. That's so right. That, I get two thirds of that equation already. Um, so that then when I have come in with a, um, a product, a new product that I want to demo to you or, or bring a rep in with me to a manufacturing rep to demo a product. It, don't, it, it don't lets be overly, yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent agree with that. And, and again, don't, don't worry about selling the unsellable. Don't yep. be overly romantic about, you know, people that say no, it's like, oh, you know, if people get down on that, everybody has tips or techniques for turning a no into a yes. And in sales, you know, it's always been that way, but very few people talk about this reality. You can't sell somebody who's not ready to be sold. And that's such a big reason why most people are not winning. It's because they've created this narrative in their heads about how they need to partner with a specific customer or a CEO to sell a specific type of product. The truth is there's a million reasons why a specific person or a company is not going to work with you. They may not work with you even if everything on paper is going your way. 
virtual yeah. selling, I don't care what it is, but you might have the better product. You might have a cheaper price, but they still might not work with you. And there's so many other factors in play, right? You never know. Maybe their brother-in-law is married to that CMO of the agency that they use so that they're they're putting off hiring, you know, a different person, whatever that might be. But the truth is, you don't even have a hundred percent full context on what's going on in your own spouse's mind. No one does. Like, yeah. how will you know, you know, what's going on in any other person's head? So you have to be practical when it comes to sales. You have to be willing to take the opportunities in front of you and understand who you should be spending your time on, right? And of course, yeah. I want to work with everybody, every brand, but because of the market dynamics and, the, and some of the complicated politics that are in play, it's easier said than done. But let me tell you this, man, I'm like you. I come into every business meeting feeling massively optimistic that the person on the other end is going to buy from me. And when they don't, I immediately check out and I'm not romantic about it. Even when yeah. I try to sell whatever it is that I'm trying to sell on my side hustle, on eBay, on Amazon, all of these things, I have no interest in convincing people to buy. I'm very comfortable asking, but if you don't normally buy the thing that I'm selling, I'm not going to push you to buy, right? You, if, yep. if you don't normally buy that thing, I'm not just going to try to convince you to buy mine, but I am comfortable asking for a sale. I'm also comfortable moving on because I have zero expectations about how yep. the results are going to play out. Yeah. I think true sales professionals set themselves apart by constantly and consistently adding value, which is what I try to do with my social media. You know, I, just the other day I posted something about a, um, a, a lumber package I had shipped out to a house and, and a trust package that was on its way. Um, you know, and I get a couple of DMs from that. Oh, I, you know, what, let, we need to have a conversation about this. Let, let's talk about what offerings you have. You know, what, what are you doing out there on the job site? Well, I'm, I'm measuring, you know, the trusses or the house for the trusses to make sure they're right. Don't you know, lo and behold, they weren't. So, you know, it's a good thing I did go measure that job. Um, otherwise we'd have had 26 trusses on a job site that wouldn't fit. <laughs> and right. uh, as it turns out, that doesn't work. So, um, you know, I called the customer immediately from the job site. Hey, you know, hey Dave, I'm here. Um, and we've got some issues. I need you to send me an updated set of drawings, uh, plans to get this worked out so we can get these trusses ordered properly and get them on the job. Oh, you know, I really appreciate that. Thanks so much. I don't know how I goofed that up, um, et cetera, et cetera. But it just continues to add value. And if I don't, if I don't have a conversation with one of my prospects or customers or, or external or internal customers, and there's a big difference there, we can talk about in a second, but if I don't add that value, then it's a wasted conversation. So to me, there's two different types of customers. There's external customers, which are your, you know, your new customers, your prospects, and then um, uh, networking partners as well, because that's a strong source for referrals. Um, and yep. then you've got your internal customers, which are your managers of the store that you work at, your, your dri delivery drivers, your cashiers, your inside salespeople, your counter staff, your vendors. And our job as a sales rep is to sell both of those groups of people different things. Obviously my external customers, I want to sell them products and materials or services. My internal customers, I need to sell them on, on helping me out. So if I've got right. an operations manager who schedules all of my deliveries or, or our dispatcher schedules our deliveries here, and it's down to me and one other guy. I need him to like me more so my material gets out to my job site <laughs> over, over my contemporary. Sorry right. to any of my guys that I work with that hear that, but I know you're doing the same thing. But yep. you know, that's what it comes down to is, is providing the, the material at the right price and the right service at the right time, most importantly, to your customer. And if that takes a little bit of um, 
strong advice <laughs> or advisement to my dispatcher or you know whatever I need to do to get the material there, that's what I'm going to do. I look at myself as a as a um, a litigator to my customers here at the store to get to get what's important to them is what's important to me. So getting that material onto the job site at the proper time so they can stay on on track and on course and get their schedule and collect their draws of you know of money to me is what's important. So. There's a lot of different customers and different avenues of things that you have to sell, whether it's you or your material. And I think it's, again, it comes back to being a responsible sales professional to understand and recognize how to go about doing that and to stay focused with it. Love it. Absolutely love it. That's fantastic. Uh, one last piece of advice to salespeople that are struggling because every single day on this device, I get hundreds of DMs, text messages. Mr. Z, uh, what you taught me has really helped. Uh, I'm doing great, blah, blah, blah. And my response is always, you put in the work, you did what I told you to do, but because of your own hard work and efforts, it's you were able to create that life for yourself. And then I've got this other 80% of people out there. The 20%ers are fine. The 80%ers are like, oh, life is bad, blah, 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 yeah, la, la. You know, what do I do? How do I get, how do I make money? It's like, just Google it. Like, like I, I stopped asking my mother anything. Google is your mother now. Go, go, yeah. go Google how to make money. Go Google, I, I make $100 a day uh, on eBay and Amazon, and it's not the greatest side hustle in the world, but you know what? I mean, $36,000 a year that I can take and invest in something else or take my family on a, a vacation of a lifetime. I took them to Seoul, South Korea last year. You know, these are the things that people need to start thinking about. There are things that you can do. You could, you could sell stuff on eBay. You could flip shit at a garage sale. You could sell stuff on Amazon. You could make a t-shirt on Shopify or on Spring Tea or on Etsy and make a coffee mug, you know, and, and sell what it is that you want to sell as a side hustle. And, and you need to be able to think out of the box. So what is that one piece of advice you would like to give someone that is listening right now, that is struggling, that is stuck in their mind to help them kind of move them forward? It's, it's an easy answer for me. Um, and it's kind of been my ethos for a while now and it's finally starting to pay off. I've always said, I'm not worried, that's what I tell my customers, my external customers, is I'm not worried about the next 30 minutes. I'm worried about the next 30 years. Because in, in sales, it's great to get one sale, but it's better to have the next 10. So if you're selling to a contractor, you know, to get the next 10 projects that he has is, is a heck of a lot better than to get just that one, that first one. So to me, it's just consistently adding value. I'm gonna uh, wrap things up here with uh, uh, Dan Street Experience. Uh, just an amazing <laughs> dude uh, from the street, just a grinder, just a hustler. Uh, I'm gonna shock him with my next uh, event here over the next 60 seconds. I call it, I, I don't know what I'm gonna call it, quite honestly. I think I'm gonna go back to what I used to do back in the day when I was making an internal podcast. I used to call it Gone in 60 Seconds. So this is a lightning round, sort of, I'm gonna ask you what's your favorite and whatever comes to the top of your head, just go ahead and uh, tell the audience what it is. All right, are you ready? I'm ready, right. I'm ready, man. This is gonna be fun. So, um, <laughs> what is your favorite food to eat? Steak all day long. How do you like it cooked? Medium rare. Moo! Yeah, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite book to read? Jab, 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 right hook has been a good one for me. 
Gary Vaynerchuk. Boom. Gary V. Give, give value, give value, give value. And then you almost guilt them into asking for the sale. Uh, yep. Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, favorite place to travel? Beach. Any beach anywhere I'm good with. Nice. What is your favorite sports team? The Boston Red Sox. Just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say the Patriots because I didn't want to have to embarrass your bills. <laughs> hey, listen, Patriots are... <laughs> don't stick the Bills Mafia on me. I don't want them problems. <laughs> Coffee with Z, holding the same mug, been a fan for 30 years. I love losing. Go. I love the losing. <laughs> it's all right. I love to lose. Right on, <laughs> listen, if the Bills ever win a Super Bowl, I'm going to have to go be a fan for somebody else that is losing. I just, I like the underdog. <laughs> um, what is your favorite thing to do when you're not working? Some time with my family. What is your favorite podcast? Uh, Joe Rogan. Awesome. Thank you, brother. What yeah. is your uh, favorite YouTube channel? <laughs> I need to get my own channel out there, actually. I haven't started that yet, but that's that's coming that's in the right. near future, actually. That's right. And this content uh, is available to you for free at any time. I highly recommend documenting your journey. Uh, as you know those words from Gary Vee himself, uh, speak your truth and just mm -hmm. document it and see what happens, right? I think it'll bring yeah. value to a lot of people. It's not about the likes. It's not about the followers or the subscribers. Just do what makes you happy. And I think it'll bring a few people in your community a lot of value. I highly recommend it. I just yeah, started the YouTube journey. Uh, about two months ago. I've always wanted to do it. I procrastinated, procrastinated. And then one day I said, you know what? I'm just gonna punch fear in the face. I'm gonna press record. I'm gonna hang out and talk to people on the phone and uh, like this on Zoom and just record it and throw it out there. And holy crap, uh, I can chop those up into little pieces and make stories out of them, right? So yeah. definitely encouraged. I got one last question for you. And that is, what is your favorite social media platform? I would say Instagram. Okay. And uh, let everybody know before we jump off here. I know we've got about a minute left. Uh, thanks so much for this wonderful time that you gave us. Yeah. Um, what I want you to give the audience right now is how to get a hold of you on social media, uh, your name, your handle, all of that stuff. And then kind of end with a question for the audience because I don't want to end the conversation here today. I want them to come back and answer that particular question. And the question could be anything to the audience. Yeah, so um, as far as handles, social media handles go, um, Instagram is danstreet34, street like you drive on. Um, LinkedIn is probably my second most active. Um, that's Daniel, D-A-N-I-E-L, street like you drive on. Um, as far as uh, question for the group, I would say, how are you providing value to your customers? Awesome. Maybe I can learn from you. A hundred percent. You know, my number one thing that I always go to right now is gratitude. And ladies and gentlemen, if you are listening out there, wherever you are on your workout, working from home, uh, whether you're listening to a YouTube uh, channel without watching it, uh, like I do, I'm always driving and listening to YouTube. Be grateful you're here right now on this earth. It's another day. Like all of the information in the world is at your fingertips. Like if, if you want to go learn something new, that's really cool. You know, go do it. 
you want to make a YouTube channel, go do that. You want to reach out to that person that you really admire, go hit them up directly. You want to escape from your reality and you want to be entertained, please just go have at it. But just remember this, we're living through the greatest era of all time and for whatever reason, there's so many people wasting time and complaining with their heads down. You know why I'm so grateful, ladies and gentlemen? Because I understand my history. I know what the generations before me went through and I fully understand how good we have it today. My grandparents were thrown in jail in, in a country in Uganda. I, I was born in Kenya. They were thrown in jail because there were brown men in, brown men and brown women right and you think you have it so bad let's get serious here for a second i get to wake up every single day and do exactly what i love because i leverage the tools we're all lucky enough to have in order to get there i'm taking full advantage of this time right now and and we have so many people who are acting like we have three lives to live look we all have the same playing field that you and i do you just have to understand yourself and your ambitions and put in the work to get where you want to be. It's that simple. The end. Right. Amen and to that, brother. Mic drop there, buddy. <laughs> All right, brother. <laughs> I'll let you get back to your busy day. And uh, do me a favor. Uh, what's your cell phone number real quick? I'm going to edit this piece out. I'm going to sure. uh, text you when the recording is done. So I'm going to take out your cell phone information so the world, I put my cell phone number out there to the whole I world. was going to say, leave it in there. They can call me. If okay. people have questions, okay. I would love to talk to people. Okay. Awesome. I'm so glad that you said that. You really made my day. All right. So yeah, I'm going to uh, put your number in and then text you uh, so that we can kind of, I'm, I'm okay with the DM stuff, but texting to me means that if it's a, if it's a Sunday night at 9 PM and I want to make fun of you, I'm going to text you on this platform. <laughs> <laughs> right on, right. man. My, my number fun. for you or for anybody is 614-207-6226. And I'm East Coast. So if you got anybody out there on the left coast, please don't call me at 2 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> but if you do, I am smart enough to know that the... Um, the, the phones have a do not disturb function. That's now, right. So, uh, <laughs> you can call me 24 seven, 365. I don't care where you are in the world. Six, seven, eight, eight, four, eight, three, zero, two, eight. Thanks so much for watching. Thanks so much for listening. Dan, I love you, brother. I hope you have a Thanks, wonderful man. day, kiddo. Same news, Zareer. Take care, my Better. friend. All right. See Bye. you, bud. Bye-bye. Hey guys, thanks so much for listening to the audio experience. It would mean the world to me, and I mean the world to me, if you could go leave a rating on iTunes. Your word of mouth is my oxygen.